0: Hello and welcome to the minimalist moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. One of the topics I'm asked about regularly is how to minimize social media and phone usage. Questions such as there are too many devices in my home. How can I cut down? Is there such a thing as too many? Do you think there's a healthy place for social media? What are the costs and the benefits of pursuing a digital minimalist lifestyle? And what does that even look like practically? Joining me today is co-host of the Find the Magic podcast, Felicia Allen, to discuss all of these questions and more. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to ask how you've been enjoying my new book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. So far, I've heard wonderful feedback and have been blown away by the positive responses. If you've recently finished or are about to do so, would you do me a huge favor and leave a review on Amazon? It really helps others find the book and prompts the publisher to print more copies to keep in stock. Thank you so much in advance for your time with this. I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes for you. And again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving rating and reviews, or just following along on social media. I just thank you so much for being here. And now for my conversation with Felicia Allen.
1: Felicia, thanks so much for joining me on The Minimalist Moms podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm excited to have you back. I know that we don't have Tara Lynn here today, but I wanted to focus more on something that was a little bit more of your specialty, it seems like. I feel like you have been really well-versed in digital minimalism, at least just from what I can tell in your stories, and I know that it's really something that you're passionate about, so I can't wait to pick your brain a little bit more on this topic. But before we get into it, can you just reintroduce yourself to listeners?
2: Yeah, so my name is Felicia Allen. I am the co-host. There are three of us now, so I don't know how you word that. (laughs) (laughs) I host (laughs) of Find the Magic Podcast. We talk about everything from personal development to parenting. I would definitely say our focus is on how we can be better parents, which in turn makes us better humans. So we hit on a variety of topics and I feel like digital minimalism, social media awareness, all of that is definitely at the core of what a lot of us are feeling right now.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I know that I asked you this on the last podcast that you were, you joined me on, but you said that you're not officially a minimalist, but you are very intentional about the things that are in your home, right?
2: My husband and I, I would say he definitely leans more minimalist than I do naturally. He's a use it up, fix it type personality, which really, I I love that about him. It's not something that I naturally uh, tend toward, Mm -hmm. but through having kids, I have craved minimalism. As anyone knows who has kids, they they bring so much stuff into our lives and so much busy. Mm -hmm. And so over the years I have four kids now they're six, four, two and a baby. Um, we have gradually gotten more and more minimalist in our lifestyle. I think that's where most of our focus is as far as the things we do and what we take on to our plate. And now we're gradually moving into this stuff part of it.
1: Absolutely. And again, today we're talking about digital minimalism. And I think that that really does affect, even if we don't have kids, it definitely affects your life. But I think that when you have kids... I feel like I have to be even more intentional about screen time and screen time for my kids, like how much they're getting, how much they're using their screens. So I feel like this has just kind of kicked it up a notch, just maybe the awareness that I do need to minimize this area. I don't know if you feel that way.
2: Oh, for sure. You know, I have three boys as my oldest and what kind of sparked this This thought for me, as far as digital awareness and usage is, and like how we use our screens is my oldest is definitely more sensitive to screen time. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a lot of kids that are fine with hours of screens in the day, but I noticed in him, even if he had a little bit of screen time, he was just more temperamental, more tired. Uh, His creativity was kind of shot. And so we started down the path of not really using devices with our kids from the get-go so we didn't really have much of a detox period and I think that made it a lot easier because now I don't really know the ease of oh my kids watch a few shows while I make dinner our life now is kind of as it started but through working and talking to a lot of parents through the podcast I have we have developed some strategies that can really help I think.
1: Yeah. Which I want to jump into. So I'm trying to think, I have kind of the order of the questions that I wanted to ask you, but I'm also curious Mm -hmm. if we should just start with a personal question to you and ask what boundaries look like regarding just your own digital minimalism and your kids. How do you want to go? How do you want to start this?
2: Yeah. I, I'm, I think that's good to kind of jump into the background.
1: Yeah. I'm just curious to know what that looks like in your life.
2: For my husband and I, as far as our personal use, I think it ebbs and flows. And we go through times in our lives where I'm sure a lot of us this last year, we've been a little more plugged in, wanting to be aware of what's going on in the world. So I'll give you when we're doing well, (laughs) because we all go through phases. I try not to use my phone in the first one to two hours of my day, and hopefully that looks like getting to do some sort of morning routine, um, journaling, meditation, a workout, and if I can really say stay disconnected from text messages, email, you know, if your kryptonite is news or checking your social media feed, all of, if I can avoid all those inputs first thing in the morning, I feel mm-hmm. less of a pull towards them throughout the day. Um, so I try to set that boundary pretty strong. And then, you know, during the day, my favorite thing is to think of my phone as a landline. I think we all know that feeling of if our phone isn't on our person or we aren't aware of where it is, almost feel like your arm was. Mm. (laughs) And I'm loving that feeling of control that my device had over me, like the feeling of, oh my gosh, where is it? Like, I need to know where it is. and so oftentimes I think, okay, what did my grandma do? Like how did she live life? Um, I feel like if we look back generations, people were much more present and intentional than we are right now. We're a little distracted. And so what I like to do is keep my phone in a certain place and I have a reminder there I call it an intention of why like a statement to myself of why I'm keeping my phone in that place and mine is, I just write it on a little three by five card and it changes. But right now it's that I'm vulnerable because, you know, being disconnected from the outside world is vulnerable right now. You know, it's not easy. And so my message is I'm vulnerable, present, aware, and connected to new ideas. That part is so important to me. I, I really want to be creative, whether that's with my interactions with my kids when they're bored or wanting play or creative in my cooking or my work. And I think the internet and the ideas that it provides for us are a little bit of a creativity. I mean, it can ignite our creativity in some ways, but I think the amount to which we use it is a creativity sucker out of our lives. So I have that little note where I leave my phone. I keep my ring and my text messages On loud. I know that some people do this differently. They like to just have their phone shut off in a different place. For me, that was creating a sense, maybe a little bit of anxiety that I'm going to miss out on some scheduling things or if my husband needed me for some reason. So I use it just like a landline. I keep it in a certain spot in my house, turn it on loud. That way, if there is something urgent, because I know we all have the excuse of, what if somebody needs me? Yeah. So if there's something urgent, I can hear it, but it's not connected to me with the compulsive checking all day. And then we also try to shut it down at night at a certain time for us, us, that's, we do 10 to 15 minutes of correspondence, texting people back, all those things after the kids go to bed. And then we try to put our phones away so we can be together. So that's, that's for my husband and I personally.
0: Watching your little one learn and grow is the best feeling in the world. But finding the right toys to help them grow and learn can be challenging, especially when it comes to minimalism. I am very intentional about what I bring into the home, and I never want to overwhelm my children with too many toys and clutter up their spaces. But that's kind of what led me to Love Every. Love Every's play kits are designed by experts for your child's developing brain, and each play kit is tailored to your child's exact learning state, so they have the right toys for the right time. And they have new play kits that are delivered every few months that can grow with your child. As a minimalist, it does bear mention that I'm not against buying things for kids. It's just being intentional about what we're buying them and making sure that aligns with the values we've decided for our family. One of my favorite things that Benjamin received in his box was this little lock box that he can tinker with. Just really trying to problem solve how to open each lock. It's well made with a portable handle, which he especially loves carrying around the house choose love every today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kits at loveeverycom com slash minimalist that's love every dot com slash minimalist for free shipping dot slash minimalist do you try to feed your family healthy and nutritious foods but your kids are always begging for sweets Making your picky children happy while also feeling confident that you're feeding them just a well-balanced diet can be quite a challenge. That's why I started feeding my family Scenic Fruit Smoothie Packs. Scenic Fruit Smoothie Packs are made with 100% fruit that is grown organically on their family farms in the United States. And as a mom, I do feel great giving it to my kids because there are no added fructose syrups, no preservatives, and no added sugars. Scenic Fruit Smoothie Packs come frozen to your door, ready to blend in great organic flavors like kale, avocado, banana, pineapple, strawberry, banana, blueberry, and mango, strawberry, raspberry. All you do is add your favorite liquid and press blend. I like to use orange juice or almond milk, and then within a few seconds, I have a delicious and healthy snack or meal on the go for me and my kids. I have to be honest, one of my favorite things to do is actually not blend the fruit into a smoothie. It's so good that I just give it to Benjamin in a little bowl and he'll eat it the entire time we go for our evening walk. I highly recommend you try out Scenic Fruit Smoothie Packs. You can order them online at GetScenicFruit.com. Use code minimalist 20 to save 20% off your first order. Not available in all 50 states. Check the website for details.
1: I'm curious, do you ever have any type of Sabbath away from your phone once a week?
2: So I've accidentally, I've never purposely done like a Sabbath away from my phone, though. I love that idea so much. You know, I've accidentally left my phone home when I've gone out and run errands or different things like that. And I I do love that feeling because again, going back to the vulnerability, you almost feel naked. and. I think having that awareness of how attached we are is super important. So you're inspiring me to do a purposeful, like extended habit.
1: I wasn't completely away from my phone, but social media was off limits and it made me <laughs> read a lot more that day. I definitely was more present with my kids and I knew that I could do it. It, to me, right. I was like, if I can't commit 8am to 8am the next morning, if I can't do that, I probably have a a little bit of a problem. And it's funny that we're talking about this. I know this episode won't air for another month and a half from when you and I are recording. But just last Mm -hmm. night, I told my husband, I was like, I think I'm addicted to my phone. And he's like, oh, really, you you are? And I was like, I think everyone in this day and age has a slight addiction to their phone. Mm -hmm. I just think it's Mm -hmm. on a spectrum. Some of us are more addicted and some of us are less addicted. But I don't know. The need... To feel connected to, like you said, maybe it's just this time that we want to be more connected to news and see what's going on, or just like what people are doing. I feel like, especially during COVID, I have felt more addicted to it just because there's more time to just kind of be slow and quiet and around my home. When, uh, like, at other times in my existence pre COVID, I feel like we were doing more activities. So I don't know if you feel that way yeah. too.
2: Oh no doubt. I think it's a place we go to numb and distract ourselves. And it feels like a quick fix to like, we can find an answer there. Or perhaps if we're craving connection, we think we're going to find connection there. But at least for me, I noticed that I'm more overwhelmed. I'm uneasy. I am comparing and I feel a little bit out of control of my time. Mm -hmm. And when I remove specifically social media from my phone, I feel all this time open up in my day mm-hmm. that, you know, I was filling with just little check-ins here and there and creating this, you know, dopamine hit and then the distraction in my brain. And when I remove it, I mean, it can be a little bit uncomfortable and you get a little bit bored, heaven forbid, but I do feel like an opening of my time that it just feels so, so good to my brain.
1: Absolutely. And the thing that I have to remind myself of is that I don't need to check all day. All of that stuff is still going to be there. If I put boundaries and said, okay, I'm going to check it at these two times a day and that's it, mm-hmm. nothing is going to go away. I'm still going to be able to yeah. see the things that I want to see and they just don't, I don't have to get that little rush of endorphins and that little like lighting up of my brain because I'm getting this automatic gratification of of seeing right. something that I want to see. I feel like that's worse for my brain to have it in those little bits throughout the day versus really setting a strict timeline around when I'm choosing to access it. Which is actually I wanted my next question for you is is there a healthy place for social media?
2: You know, I think everybody is is different. And this is something as a business owner, you know, with our podcast, I really, I think this is the hardest balance to find, you know, I want to share our message. I want to be a voice in the world because, you know, this is where people are turning to find inspiration, to find news, to find all of these things. And I I do want our message to be there. And so it's a little bit tricky and what I've come to the best answer for myself is that if I am being intentional, so like you said, my model is that when I work in the day is when I have social media on my phone. This is extreme and I'm sure all of you are going to think that sounds so annoying, but I delete all social media apps and I don't have email on my phone, any of that until I'm working in the day. So I re download them to post for the podcast. And for me, it was the only thing that kept those little impulse checks and those little um, mindless looks at bay. And so for me, what's healthy is that I'm going there purposely. So I'm going there to share our message and interact with our community um, and to create and, I think it's just important to ask yourself, why, why am I picking up my phone? Am I bored? Am I, am I wanting to talk to a friend? Could I call them instead? Am I anxious? Could I take a bath and, you know, just take a few deep breaths before you (laughs) pick it up and just ask yourself why. And if it is that, you know, I want to go on and see what happened in the news yesterday and I'm doing so purposefully, I, you know i think that's that's healthy as long as we're aware of why we're using it and it's not mindless
1: i like the idea of pacing for when you are doing any type of actual work on your computer or if you have like chores that you want to get done it's 10 minutes on and then i'm going to take a 5 minute break so i do it often i'll oh. say okay i'm for 15 minutes this 15 minutes i'm going to work on emails this 15 minutes i'm going to look at social media for the podcast. This 15 minutes, I'm going to read, and then this 15 minutes, I'm going to meal prep. Like it, you can, uh-huh. you can segment it however you prefer. But I found that when I do that, it really does help me hone in and focus my time. As opposed to just if I don't set those boundaries, I'm back and forth all over. So I'll do an email, right. and then I'll see something on social media, and then I'm oh no, I got to get back to this, and then I am hungry, so I'll go get a snack. It just when I really am. I hate that we always use the word intentional, but I think that that's so much yeah. about what both your and my podcast are is intentional living, but it's purposeful. It's meaningful. Like it's, it's popular for a reason. It, it works.
2: Yeah. I just think and it's a little bit of a nod to Cal Newport's deep work, what you're hinting to, but man, have you ever tried to dive deep into a project at least I know I have. And it's just, oh, a text message. Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh, yeah, that person, I'm going to check what they're doing on social media. Oh, my email, and I'm going to go there. And our brains are just like a pinball machine. I mm-hmm. think we don't have the best of abilities to dive deep into these big projects that we're wanting to work on. And I mean, if we're talking about our kids too, you know, we're frustrated that. They're bouncing around the house bored, but what are we modeling and what environment are we setting up for them? If they can find stimulation, just that easy stimulation in screens, how can we expect them to just create their own play if they've they've never really had to do that that deep work? That's deep work for them, you know? Yeah. What do you think
1: is... Too many devices in a home and I guess this is gonna vary probably per family, but I'm just I wanna hear your input and how we begin to cut that down. Should we cut it down and is there such a thing as too many?
2: Yeah. So my kids are still little. So I might, you know, eat my words when they're older and actually want devices. Um, so my kids are six, four, two, and a baby. So we can just set the two and the baby aside because they don't really interact with screens at all yet, Yeah, um, which I know is not the case. I know that, that um, a lot of the times parents use a phone in the grocery store when you're trying to get through, and I'm not throwing judgment on that, but I am challenging the perception that our kids can't do those things without a screen. Kids have done long car rides, grocery store trips, you know, sitting in a doctor's office. Our kids have done all those things with kids have done all those things without screens. We did those things without screens. I really view it as a muscle that they have to develop to get to that point. And there's going to be some painful trips through the grocery store where you're really having to say, Ooh, look at these oranges. What do they smell like? And it's going to be hard you know, you're going to have some afternoons where it's like, oh my gosh, like there's 400 messes. I can't think because it's so loud. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the, what is so important to remember is that kids are messy and loud and hard. They just are. And I think if we can just have that perception upfront of what childhood looks like, if we start there, it's so much easier. So in answer to your question, I, I, I don't think personally that kids should have their own devices until whatever that rite of passage age is for your family. And again, my kids are young. Mm -hmm. So if I look to my co-host, Carolyn, on the podcast, she has older girls and they are 10 and 12. And at this point in their lives, they, they both have watches that they can call parents and grandparents and that's it. Both of us, our kids, I mean, we we have a phone for each parent. We have a TV in our home. Like my kids don't have, you know, like Kindles or iPads or any of those things. And I don't feel like they're they're missing out. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's sometimes the perception. Our kids are going to come and say, oh my gosh, mom, so-and-so has this. And, you know, I think a simple answer is that is so, so great for them. But that's that's not what we do in our family. And I think that's okay. And it might be uncomfortable and it might cause some conversations that are important, you
1: Mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. We do have Kindles. They are not to be used unless we have a long drive. And even then we don't always bring them out. So they're not even charged up, but I will say we got into a bad habit this past summer we charged them up for our drive to North Carolina. That's like a 10 to 12 hour drive. It was a 12 hour drive with an infant, but um, we allowed them to use that. And then when we came back, it kind Mm -hmm. of bled into our life for a week or two. And Mm -hmm. my husband and I, we sat down and we were like, this has to stop. We're not going to do the tantrum Of I'm going to wake up, I'm going to ask for my Kindle, and then when we say no, you melt down. Or like, hey, you get your hour Kindle time, and then after it's over, you melt down. So we just went cold turkey. You guys don't get these in our house. And um, I like that you have a different experience than I do as well because it is going to look so different for every family. But I think that what you and I are both encouraging listeners to – I guess the challenge to them is – kids have always done things without screens. You and I have done things without screens when we were children. And so it might be a learning curve. It might be rough for five to seven days, maybe even longer, but it's definitely worth it because I'm not dealing with those tantrum and meltdowns anymore. And I, I think that it does create a space for creativity and for kids to get bored, and that's when their creativity grows. So I do think that there are numerous reasons of why it's important to kind of break the bad habits that we've allowed them to have, especially like when it's cold out or if it's too hot out or during COVID when we're at home a lot more than we may have been. So I I think that a lot of us, if we really confronted the truth, we've probably gotten ourselves into some bad habits that we should challenge ourselves to work through.
2: Yeah, and I think... (laughs) You said cold turkey. And when people ask me, how should I do this? You know, because I've gone through phases of I have a, a sick kid or particularly busy time with my husband and I's work. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's freezing cold and we don't know what to do. Then we are, you know, letting our kids watch shows a little bit more. Or even just anything on a screen, I think, is a little bit addicting to their tiny brains. And the best answer I have is you have to just do it. I think cold turkey and setting a very clear boundary. So for us, these are my kids' digital boundaries. And so they get to have one show during the day a week. So that's on Tuesdays, they get to watch a show. Which, having that boundary, it makes it so easy the rest of the week. Because if they ask me on Friday, I say, is it Tuesday? No, I'm so excited for you to watch your show on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we do a family movie night once a week. Again, if it's closer to that, it's like, Oh, maybe we should choose that for our family movie night on Friday night. And really setting that clear boundary. I mean, they're still going to thrash against it, especially if they've been having a lot more than the new limit you're setting. Mm -hmm. They're going to have those big tantrums and you hold the place for that, that emotion Mm -hmm. to release. And, you know, I also like to remind my kids I like to use learning moments when I can, when they're out of that emotion. And, you know, I often tell my kids, be aware of how that screen is controlling your brain. I mean, think of how out of control you feel when I'm saying no. And that's showing me that it has a lot of power. And we don't, we don't want the screen to have that much power over you. Like we need to get into a place where you have the power over these devices. And if we're in that healthy place, Mm -hmm. then yeah, sometimes you might get a little more screen time. But if it's a full-blown tantrum every time, it's kind of showing you what control it's having over their creativity and their boredom and their emotions.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So you say you only do... The one show a week and then you have a family mo- movie night. I don't want to let you know how many shows my kids watch a week. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> That's said, we don't do the Kindles, but I am more comfortable with shows. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing in those times that you either need to work on your podcast or you need to do some type of work. You need to cook dinner, fill in the blank of something that you actually do have to do and you want to occupy your kids. I want I want some real life examples for listeners because I will often just, if I don't put on a show, we do crafts at the table. Um, it's quiet time in rooms, like playtime in rooms. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my kids will go in together, but the baby, sometimes I'll just keep him in the high chair and feed him while I'm doing whatever, fill right. in the blank. So I just want some more real life just tips, I guess, from you of what you actually do. Cause I think it is really hard. It is so much easier for us. We think when we're putting on a show,
2: right? My first tip, if you, I know a lot of us are working at home right now and I try again to be intentional about when I'm working, it's very set aside time that if I think of a task, then I write it down. And instead of trying to do it in that moment, though we can because mm-hmm. we have portable devices that let us do that, I try to give my kids the respect of my attention when it's their time and my work the respect of the attention when it's its time. And, you know, I often say to my kids when I'm trying to finish work and it is work time if I can finish this in this time, then I have. I can be with you one-on-one in your time. And Mm -hmm. I think trying to set that clear separation will really help, um, with that kind of sense of frustration we feel when we're trying to do something and our kids are on top of us. So that's for work now for everything else in the day, you know, cooking dinner, trying to clean or all, you know, there's so many things we have to do as a parent, I would say get through that uncomfortable stage where we all know the feeling almost when we use a screen um, to have our kids be quiet for a little bit while we get something done. I feel like even immediately after that, there's this detoxing period and I think it's Cal Newport and that calls this time attention residue. And I see that with my kids. Like, I feel like it's like a little foggy on their brain where they have this like half hour detox period where they can't figure out how to do anything by themselves mm-hmm. after they've been on a screen. And I think you'll see as you use screens less that they are more creative. Um, and that doesn't mean that when I'm cooking dinner, my kids aren't doing like demolition derby with the trucks in a circle around the kitchen. Um, Cause they are definitely. And You know, they're having all boys. It's all very physical. They're riding a box down my stairs or they're making a huge mess with like vinegar and baking soda. All those things are true. It's not, if you walked into my house at most times, it would look like complete chaos. But I think that accepting childhood like that makes it so I don't feel like I need to entertain them. I feel like play is really their space. And if I can allow it to be messy and loud, then I can carry on and coexist with them in that space and do my things if I change my mindset, how it looks.
1: Yeah. I love that you said that. This is what childhood looks like. It's not going to be quiet all the time. It's not going to always be cleaned up. It's not always going to look like the way that we would always run our homes. And we have Mm -hmm. to, I think. Accept that mindset because I think if we're going into parenting or just existing in parenthood with these really high expectations, I think that's honestly what stresses me out so much when I am, especially if I'm already feeling overwhelmed, when I have these expectations for my kids to be more adult like. It's like, wait, no, they're six and three and a baby. We're all trying to like navigate how this is going to look for our family. But I think that I, if I accept what it actually is, that makes it so much easier to work through the more difficult times that I actually have to get things done. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: No, totally. And I think that's the key is that it is, I mean, sometimes it's everyone go outside, (laughs) you know, it's like three deep breaths. I need to finish X. You need to be outside. And think how we grew up. We didn't have the option of like, I'm bored. Can I play Minecraft? Yeah. I mean, some of us might have had a little Sega going on, but it wasn't like a constant, if we're bored, you know, we would go build a clubhouse or, Mm -hmm. you know, I would do weird experiments in the kitchen. And I think that's what we need to allow our kids is that space.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's wrap things up here. I will let you tell listeners where they can find you if they want to connect.
2: Yeah, so our podcast is Find the Magic Podcast. We're on Instagram, Find the Magic Podcast, and our website is findthemagic.co. We recap episodes and link everything we talk about on the website.
1: Perfect. Well, I'm curious to know what your minimalist moment of the week is this week.
2: So, actually, my husband and I, we committed to this month doing a spend fast. So we are only buying consumable things for the month of January. I would love to do it longer, but got to ease in. So that means we're only buying food and experiences, no things. And what are we 12 days in Mm -hmm. going strong? So I'll update you. (laughs)
1: Cool. Yeah. My husband and I are also doing that, but we never really set strict boundaries on what was permissible. So we've been getting coffee Almost every yes. day. And I'm like, that's probably not allowed on a spending freeze for January, but we haven't been buying clothes or toys or anything like that. Not that we typically buy clothes and toys. So,
2: yeah, maybe we'll try again in February. No, you know, I just swung through Starbucks and I thought that same thing. I thought, I'm not sure, but it's consumable. So I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you.
1: All right. Lastly, what is something that you can't stop
0: talking about?
2: Oh, so. This is super simple, but in the new year, another goal of mine, which is always every new year is to stay hydrated. So I recently found out about this Stanley travel cup. Have you heard of this? I'll send it to you so you can link it. But this cup is not only beautiful, fits perfectly in your cup holder. It's all the things. And I find myself drinking way more water because it makes me so happy.
1: You'll definitely have to send it to me because I I really need to drink more water as well. I feel like especially in the winter, my skin is so dry. And if I just hydrated a little bit more, it would be to my benefit.
2: Yes, me too. I'll send it to you and all of you doing a spend freeze can look into it after you're done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Well, (laughs) Felicia, thank you so much for your insight here. I know that I feel like you really practice what you preach when it comes to digital minimalism. And I just appreciate your encouraging us to challenge ourselves because I think that it isn't always going to be easy, but I think that's where a lot of growth does happen. It might be cliche to say, but when we challenge ourselves, we grow and benefit. So I appreciate you for just coming on and talking with us today.
2: Well, thank you. It was so fun. And I just wanted to say to anyone out there, um, don't beat yourself up about where you're at with this with your kids Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people feel a lot of guilt around it so first let that go and just know your kids can do it they are creative brilliant little minds they can do it what
0: did you think of the conversation I absolutely love talking to Felicia about really anything when it comes to parenting she joined me last year in regards to wholehearted parenting I highly recommend checking out actually we ended up talking for so long that I split it into two episodes but I really love how realistic, and yet she she challenges you. I think it really is so easy to get caught up in the things that we're doing. And I am I'm saying this speaking for myself, especially over the last several months, but it is so easy to get so distracted with the things that you are pursuing creatively or for your work, um, especially if it's your work, because it's something that you're doing to provide. But I think that the challenge to me is... How much time am I spending outside of those things and outside of those pursuits that are really taking away from that priority? quality time with my children. So this episode gave me a lot to think about and and actually we recorded it back in January. So I've been really happy to edit it here at the end of April because it's been such a good reminder for me moving into the summer months now that my oldest is gonna be out of school and home with us each day. So I hope this episode inspired you and challenged you. I mean that is really my goal with each episode just to get you thinking in a different way that maybe you hadn't been previously to hearing some of these guests, I always want to provide you with guests that even if they say a lot of things you've heard before, there is something that you take away that you hadn't. What are your thoughts? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with us.